Everyone's so busy keeping up. Forget about the Joneses, we all on our telephones. With the texts and the tweets and the beats. What he said, she said, can't even follow the three. Down the hole, we all go. Me, I like keeping up too. With my corona and my attitude. That's La Vida Masfina. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Twins infield might be even more interesting today than it was before they made some recent moves. Let's get into that here on Chin Music with Roy Smalley. Of course, you know Roy, former Twins great and current Twins broadcaster. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. Lavelle Neal is our third uh, third partner on the show. He may be joining in if he can wrap some things up quickly enough. But Roy and I are going to talk about uh, something near and dear to Roy's heart, uh, the shortstop position, the infield position in general. Uh, Gio Urshela, I think you and I both really appreciated him as a fielder, as a teammate, uh, as a pretty good hitter. Uh, the Twins end up trading him, obviously, to clear a spot for uh, for Miranda to play third base. Uh, Lavelle and I were talking at the Vikings game on Sunday. We're both hearing from different sources that the, that the Twins are very interested still in pursuing Correa. They still think they have a chance at Bogarts if they don't get Correa. They're both uh, Scott Boris clients, so this could take quite a while and be very expensive. And, of course, the uh, Twins trade make a trade for Farmer, who can be a stopgap shortstop if nothing else works out. It looks like a really, really intriguing super utility player to add to their stock of super utility players if they do end up with a starting shortstop. So, Roy, just at this juncture, this very early juncture of the Twins offseason, what are you thinking? Well, interesting, isn't it? I, the one thing that I will tell you for sure, and there's not a lot of things <clears throat> I think for sure, but the one thing that I will tell you for sure is that I am going to miss the heck out of watching Gio Shell play third base. Yep. Uh, that was just a real, real treat last year. Um, <clears throat> and I don't, I mean, I, I just don't remember. It doesn't mean there hasn't been one, uh, but... I mean, I've watched, you know, we used to watch Brooks Robinson. I, I played next to Greg Nettles. I, I um, you know, I've seen a lot of uh, Mike Schmidt. And, uh, I mean, they're a great third baseman in history. And I'm not putting Gio in, in any of the, the classes there, but, uh, except for the fact that I just didn't see any plays not made. And I saw some plays made that I didn't think ought to be made. So it was one of the better third base uh, performances, I, I defensively that I've seen in some time, and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss that. Yeah, I was very lucky to grow up in Baltimore uh, as an Orioles fan during their glory days, and usually we sat in the the bleachers uh, in left field. But one season we did have season tickets. They were third base parallel with Brooks Robinson, and of course, I mean Brooks. I don't know if he's the greatest th- fielding third baseman of all time, but you know, I'd, I'd put him at least tied for first. And then you have uh, had Mark Belanger in the same eyesight, uh, eye line, and then uh, Paul Blair behind them, uh, Rich Dower or uh, or Andy Gritch playing second base. I mean, it, w- it was stunning to see. And I, like you, I th- this confirmed to me that you don't need to pay a whole lot of attention to defensive metrics because I thought Urshela was spectacular, and the metrics really didn't bear that out. 
Yeah, I, I don't care about the metrics in this case. I, I, I just, you know, and the same, I, I would say the same thing about uh, the defense that uh, Carlos Correa played at shortstop last yep. year. I, uh, hard for me to imagine um, a consistently better uh, defensive left side of an infield. I mean, that was, that was really fun. But, and maybe that will still happen. Miranda has to play every day. He probably needs to play one position and not, and not to not play uh, first base when uh, against left-handers when Arise needs a, a, a day off, or uh, third base when uh, when Urshela when they decide they uh, they're not going to play Urshela, they're going to DH somebody else other than Miranda. Miranda ended up, you know, playing uh, being the DH so much of the time, and that's you know that's not a, that's not ideal. So. Uh, it was probably a move that was inevitable. Uh, Gio's going to make some money, and um, as a as an older player, they got they've got young guys at the corner now, and they're just going to go with it. That's you know, and and you you you, you probably needed to see this uh, see this coming. You just hope that the uh, pitcher that they got, the pitching prospect they got in return, uh, develops uh, into a. Um, into a frontline uh, pitcher in the big leagues. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to see the young kids, uh, good hitters playing first and third. Yeah. And I thought Miranda was, uh, you know, maybe a, what's the best way to put it? Probably a below average third baseman last year, but with, but you know, he, he's, it looks like he's got enough arm. Uh, he certainly looks like the kind of guy who's going to work at it. I could see him developing to a good solid third baseman. What do you think? Yeah, I think he'll be solid enough. I mean, we're not going to see, uh, Urshela level, um, it, it maybe, maybe someday. I don't, I don't think he has that kind of um, body agility, athleticism uh, that that Urshela does, which is really not a knock because not everybody, <laughs> few people do. You know, I I first saw Urshela when he was playing for Cleveland way back when, and I and he opened my eyes way back then. He was just a you could just you could tell he was just a. He was a defensive whiz at, at third base, and and Miranda doesn't have to be that. What Miranda needs to be is solid at third, and then just keep getting keep getting better as a hitter because there's an awful lot of potential to be a big run producer. And if he's a big run producer, then uh, he will develop uh, certainly far enough as a defensive player at third. No doubt about it. This is uh, Chin Music. This is our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. Uh, the rest of the lineup, you should know by now. If you don't, check it out. Russo, LaPanta, uh, Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, John Millay, Jeff Diamond, John Krasinski show uh, on the Timberwolves. Uh, Jeff, uh, we have uh, Dave Lee. We have Mike Grimm on the Gophers. And we always it's Cheryl Reeve. Uh, the great Cheryl Reeves on the network as well. Check it all out. We also have outdoor content and variety content, and we appreciate you listening. The best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thank you for listening. And uh, by the way, we are going to get back to a full-scale winter wear drive. Glory Ramsey uh, runs it. We uh, do it in conjunction with the Cheryl Reeves show. It's going to be 7 p.m. December 15th at Head Flyer Brewing. Uh, our, one of the John Krasinski show sponsors, Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast, a great craft brewery, lots of space. Uh, Cheryl and Glory end up putting on a great event that benefits a lot of people. Uh, please check it out. Uh, show up if you can. Donate other ways if you can't. And uh, we do appreciate it.
Uh, so Farmer's interesting. You know, that's a guy with some. He's got some talent. Uh, he, he's kind of a late bloomer. He's only been a starter the last couple of years. And I don't think, you know, I don't think you want to pencil him in for 150 games at shortstop, but but he looks like the kind of guy who, who can uh, aid your roster in, in a few different ways. Yeah, I, I really like, um, you know, getting, uh, getting Farmer. I really do. I'd like Farmer a lot better if they signed Correa or they signed – yeah, uh, you know, Bogarts are one of these, uh, you know, or um, the kid coming out of L.A. But um, I, you know, the thing about guys that can play shortstop and hit at the same time. I mean, he's not the he's not your answer uh, to Mark Belanger that you mentioned, for example. <laughs> but Mark Belanger is not it was not farmers equal to play either. You know, you get a you get a guy that can swing the bat. He's a veteran guy. He's older. And um, you get a guy that can play in the middle of the infield serviceably enough, better than serviceably, and he's and he's going to uh, get some hits and drive in some runs for you, hit the ball out of the ballpark once in a while. I mean, that's a that's a very valuable, uh, we've a very valuable commodity. We've looked at the Twins having in the last few years having some pretty nice flexibility in utility guys that can play you know, play around uh, not all of whom were you know real threats offensively <clears throat> you could play them and, and get really nice defense and if they didn't hit for a game or two it wasn't it wasn't a big deal but you over over the course of time boy you, you'd love it if you had a veteran guy that could play both in middle infield positions and and uh, win a game for you once in a while, and Farmer can do that. He's, he's. Uh, I'm really I'm looking forward to him being on the club. As I say, I'm. I, that doesn't for me. That doesn't solve their shortstop position uh, well enough uh, to be, um, you know, a, a, a deep in the playoff uh, contender. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a nice pickup all all in all. I want to thank our sponsor on the Chin Music Program, Corona, the official import beer sponsor of the Minnesota Twins, the presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show here at TalkNorth.com. Check out Corona, uh, check out Headflyer Brewing, and thanks to all of our other sponsors across the uh, the uh, podcast network, including TSR Injury Law, who's involved in so many different shows. And thank you for listening. If I didn't already mention it, best way to listen to our network or any individual show, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. And it's easy. Of course, you can always go to talknorth.com where you can find not only our full lineup of shows, the latest shows, but you can also go in. If you find a show and you like the storytelling, you can go to the archive and find uh, all kinds of stuff there. Uh, Once again, thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Uh, So Alec Manoa, uh, you know, you you were a player for a long time. Alec Manoa, great pitcher for the Blue Jays. Came out on a podcast recently and accused, basically said that Jarrett Cole is the worst tra- worst cheater in baseball. Accused him of using spider tack and other substances to to elevate his spin rate. Um, are you even if it's true? And my guess it's probably true. Uh, are you surprised to see players calling each other out? Well, I guess I if your if your name's not Josh Donaldson, I guess I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, but wasn't it Garrett Cole? It didn't didn't Josh Donaldson? Who did he call it? Didn't he? Wasn't it Garrett Cole that he called out? I think it was. Yeah, uh, you know, before he then got traded. Another teammates before, and then he got traded to the Yankees. Yes. So I think 
Um, I think we should just go ask Josh, you know, <laughs> what he thinks about Garrett Cole now and whether standing over there seeing him uh, load up on the mound from third, his closest third base, whether uh, he's got a problem with it. Um, I think it's I, I, it's really interesting, isn't it, that, that um, another pitcher would uh, – a pitcher would call out another pitcher. You don't see players calling out players much other than, uh, you know, low-class kinds of behavior on the field, you know, that kind of thing, you know, dirty play or, you know, dogging it or, or whatever. But uh, you, you don't hear this kind of call-out hardly at all. And, and so um, interesting, opening, interesting opening salvo from somebody. See if, um, see if that develops into any more widespread usage. I don't know. One thing I have heard from uh, a lot of people in the Twins organization was that, uh, listen, they were really excited when they were able to sign Josh, you know, to go out and get Josh Donaldson. That was kind of a, you know, even though it didn't work out, it was kind of a statement of ambition. They were trying to win right then. Um, and I thought it was a cool move. I, I just can't tell you how many people in the organization have told me that Josh was just a pain in the butt to have around. And I don't, you don't even have to comment on that if you don't want to. That's just my, that's what I've heard. That's my observation on the situation. Well, I'll just, I'll just comment by, by saying I don't know, but I've heard similar things, you know, and uh, I, uh, and saw, you know, a lot of eye rolls. So yeah, uh, I, you're, we're probably, uh, we're probably not too far off there. No, I think that's probably true. Uh, have you gotten a look at the new uniforms? I have. I what have. do you think? I'm a dangerous person to ask, being the old school <laughs> that I am. Um, uh, so here's I, – I, I like the old uniforms. I like uh, – I liked the uh, off-white, the, you know, kind of yellowish off-white. I like that a lot. That they wore for a while. Yeah. Um, Light, really liked um, the pinstripes, and they brought back uh, pinstripes in the in the gray. Uh, I noticed um, the very light pinstripes, at least from the pictures that I saw. But but I think I think that's a that's a nice look. Um, the um, the the new logos are interesting. I I, I think to me, and I, I'm going to reserve. I'm I'm not just going to. I'm not just going to puke out. I'm not just. I'm not going to say <laughs> I like uh, because I have to recognize that you know that I'm old school and I like I, I like old fashioned uniforms that are just um, brought up to date a little bit, which I think that we did in uh, 1987 with the pinstripe uniforms, and they've done a nice job ever since. Uh, so I, I would just say that given that I'm an old school guy, I I like the bright white. I think that looks really good. Uh, I like the pinstripes. Uh, I've never liked two-tone uniforms, white pants and blue shirts. I, you know, I, I've just never, ever liked that, uh, that look. So I'm not, not getting over that. I'm going to wait and see. I, I'm going to uh, wait and see how the Twins logo and um, the Twin Cities uh, script across the, the one plays out. I think that's an interesting idea. I get it. Uh, where the, you know, a lot of people for the longest time and maybe still don't, don't, you know, from outside of here, don't know what twins stands for the Minnesota twins stands for. So twin cities kind of closes the deal. I mean, <laughs> let's yeah. everybody know. And it, it makes a statement about how they feel about the community and, and all of that. Uh, 
So I'm not going to just, I, I'm not going to have anything negative to say about that. I think it's kind of a nice look. I, I, it goes away from the you know, history and jumps into Twin Cities. And maybe that'll be good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait and see. But, so I would say for me, uh, for me uh, okay so far. I'm not knocked out, but uh, I think the difference between, between being okay and knocked out for me will just be time. I just have to kind of make sure that I get my old curmudgeonly head uh, around all this stuff. <laughs> I had uh, I had definite opinions as soon as I saw them. I love the home, clean looking home whites. Yep. I love the Twin Cities uh, idea and the way it's scripted. I think it's a beautiful uniform and I like the idea behind it. Uh, like you, I do not like two-tone uniforms. It looked like to me, it looks like softball or uh, or batting practice stuff. So, and I don't really like the dark blue. I think uh, I'd rather see the twins sh- shading toward baby blue rather than uh, than the dark blue, which looks really generic to me. Um, I like the TC caps. I hate the Miami Marlins M that they've decided to put on the twins hat. I don't understand why they're doing that. Uh, they had an yeah, M. That, that was one of the logos were, I was talking about. I don't like yeah. that. Uh, I think the, the red M that you guys wore when you won the world series, I could go with that. I could go with a new M, but I don't know why the Minnesota twins uh, with their long tradition would want to do anything that seems to be imitating a, a, an expansion franchise. It just doesn't make sense to me. And we are now joined by Lavelle Neal. Lavelle, we were just in the middle of the uniform conversation. You and I talked about this at the football game the other day. Uh, basically, Roy, uh, you know, he's, he's withholding judgment on a couple of things. I I don't like the uh, the Miami Marlins M on the on the hat. I don't like the two tone uniforms. I do like the Twin Cities uniform and the home whites. What do you like and what do you not like about the new uniforms? The, the one thing that jumped out at me, and I was at the unveiling, I saw fans reacted to uh, to the uniforms, um, was that um, I have been worried in recent years that the, the Twins were moving color scheme-wise toward the Cleveland Indians. And it was at the point where, like, the warm-up tops, uh, the color coordination was similar to Cleveland. So I'm glad that this is a step away. But the dark blue uniform tops are now a move toward the Miami Warriors. So I, I, it's like we're leaving an AL Central team to go to uh expansion team that's one of the worst in baseball. Uh, I love the Twin Cities uniforms. I think they're classy. Uh, I just like seeing the word Twin Cities on top of on top of a uniform, and I like the home whites too, uh, with the red numbering. Um, the hat, you know, I, I I'm not I'm not a fan of hat just because that M looks like uh, the the Marlins. I and plus I think it takes you have to squint a little bit and kind of focus on the little red dot on it to understand that's the North Star. I wonder if they could have gotten away with it with a cap that just had the North Star on it, you know, for a logo instead of uh uh having that, that goofy looking M. But overall I liked it. My major gripe is this. I had a friend, she was at the unveiling. She really liked the Twin Cities uh uh top. She went online to see how much it would cost. And discovered that they were selling it for three hundred and sixty-nine dollars. What are we doing, the fans, with this, these outrageous prices for these uniforms? They're already paying fifteen dollars for a, a beer, twelve dollars for a hot dog, and now you want them to fork over three hundred and fifty bucks for a uniform top? That's ludicrous to me. So that's my main gripe. 
Well, Lavelle, if they sell enough $350 jerseys, then they can afford Correa. So tell me about what you <laughs> think the chances of them getting either Correa or Bogarts are at this point. Yeah, I, I here's the thing. My, if they're going to play this game, they got to play it under Scott Boris's terms. And Boris plays this thing out until February or March. And can the Twins afford to wait that that long uh, with other things they want to achieve during the offseason to see if they get one or the other? And yes, um, they were going after Korea, and, and I was told that Bogarts would be the backup plan if uh, if they can't get Korea. And that they're trying to they're trying to fashion a deal that he he they're offering him like different deals to see what he would like. There's like ten years at a certain AAV, I think eight years at another certain AAV, and then six year deal, which of course that would have the highest AAV, which would be over thirty million dollars a year. So um, they're they're trying to offer him some deals that that would be something that he would be interested in. Um, but they're going to go ahead and shop and, and do the visits. And Scott Boris has already requested a private meeting with Jim Polad because he always likes to smooth the owners. Um, the twins told Boris, um, Jim loves Carlos. He wants him back. He doesn't have to have a private meeting with you. And so I don't know if that's going to help or <laughs> the twins chances here. Um, my thing is this, if they brought back, Correa or are able to sign Bogarts. I still like to see another right-handed hitter in that lineup. So if they don't land either one of these guys, we have to trot out this farmer kid as a starting shortstop. That lineup's going to look a lot different next year. And, um, and, and, and plus there's really nothing to be excited about with this roster either. So uh, if they have to add another 20, 30 million to the package to get Correa done, I, I say go for it. And by the way, Bo, uh, Bogarts is also, represented by Boris. So he has like the two top shortstops stops on the market. So this, this slow play is going to be in, in play throughout the off season. I guess I'm just encouraged that it, it you know, I, I mean, I wrote it at mid season after talking to some twins people that they really thought they had a chance at Correa. I'm, I guess I'm encouraged that they're, they're taking the big swing. Uh, do you see any down? What do you think the downside risk is Roy, if any of going after big money players like this? Well, I, the biggest downside, there's always a downside risk is if somebody gets hurt. Um, you know, the, the, the first one you look at is do, do we think that this guy can live up to what he has earned himself so far? I mean, we've talked about this before where you don't get, you, you get paid on what you've done and, and you hope that, you know, the club hopes that and the player hopes that he continues to do that for a long time. Right. So that's the first risk is uh, you sign somebody for a lot of money and he's not who you thought he was. That is not a risk for either of these two guys, I think. So I would I would put that aside. The next one, uh, the next uh, risk is uh, injury. These guys have been uh, pretty good throughout their careers so far in terms of injury. They have not been injury prone at all. Um, And at shortstop. Just because of the nature of the position and the demands of the position, people kind of get self-selected. I mean, the position the position weeds people out, and I think that shortstops tend to be healthier guys just because of their of their athleticism and and the things that they can do already that aren't you know that aren't outside uh, you know the the balance of what uh, what their their bodies are do so I, I I think that uh, that's a uh, that 
that's less of a um, of a risk with these particular guys at that position. But it's still a it's a risk anytime you sign somebody with a long term deal. Um, yeah, what's um, I'm blank on his name? Third baseman came went from uh, Washington to the Angels. They hadn't played in two years. Rendon. Um, Rend- Rendon. Rendon. Yeah. Yeah. Rendon, Rendon. Yes. There, there's the there's a, a great great example of of that. So you just, that's a that's a big risk. And I think finally the risk is how do you advertise? You know, and it's interesting what you're saying, Lavelle, about the six year deal, eight year deal, ten year deal. It's interesting how you would amortize because that cost over time uh, because you're willing to pay top dollar early on. I mean, what's, Carl, what's Korea, 28 years old? So you figure you'll pay a lot of money for at least four years. And if he wants a six-year deal at a fairly healthy amount, they say, okay, so let's say we're going to pay him for six years, but the last two – you know, I mean, we're going to we're going to front load the first four years in our minds right? we're, or we're just going to amortize a six year deal over four years. Right. And whatever we get in year five or six is is a bonus. And is that worth it? Do we want to do we, we do we want to do that? And it, it changes even more. The, you know, obviously, if you go to eight years or 10 years. So I think the risk is less about not being the player. There's no not about them not being the player. That they that they think that they're signing. There's some degree of injury risk that goes along with everybody, but I think the 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 bigger the biggest risk is how long are they going to be who we think they are, and how much are we going to pay for that uh, after they're no longer the same guy? How much? How much? And how long? Yeah, it's easy for me to say, but I would always lean toward higher money for a shorter term than than longer, uh, even if it, it lowers the, the AAV. I just, uh, you know, like Correa is durable. He takes great care of himself. He's in incredible uh, shape. He's smart. He's athletic. He's probably going to stay healthy. But, you know, you just don't know what he's going to be at the age 35. There's no way anybody could know. So I, I would rather pay more up front. Um, you know, it's the poll ads money. I will also say this, that, you know, when our year-end discussion with Dave St. Peter, he basically said that, hey, uh, the twins are paying, you know, a much, much more. Let me let me make sure I phrase it correctly. Laval, help me if I need it. Uh, you know, most major league baseball teams spend a certain percentage of their revenues on player payroll, and St. Peter indicates that the twins are way higher on that scale than most teams in, in terms of the percentage of the revenues they spend on players. I've heard that they have actually lost money on an operating basis. Um, and they still seem to be willing to go out and spend money on top players. I'm, I kind of, you know, I, I feel encouraged by that, especially when you add in the fact that the poll ads don't go back to the city, uh, to ask for more money to do stadium upgrades. They've kept target field in pristine condition with all kinds of updates without going back to the public for more money. Uh, you know, I've, I've never been close to the poll ads. I don't have any relationships there. Carl hated me. But I do appreciate the way they've run the team. Yeah, I I I agree. I heard that the last three years, from a bottom line standpoint, have been pretty rough on the on the organization. But um, you could always argue that you know if they lost a hundred million, what's a hundred million to a billionaire? And plus the 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 Paulette family have so many different holdings; they can absorb losses. I mean, that's why 
they were able to not um, lay anybody off during the pandemic and or fire anybody or freeze pension plans, which the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates did to their employees. So, uh, but still, I think Jim is a little more willing than Carl to spend money to be competitive. And I think he wants to win. Um, he just wants to do it the right way. Um, maybe he's not as free spending as some fans would like to see him be. Um, but he's taken chances before. It'd be, you know, it, it would help if he would, if he's able to land one of these big ticket guys one of these years because he's offered you Darvish money. He's offered Zach Wheeler money. And I, I think fans are tired of hearing about how the Twins, you know, have fallen short here. They want to, you know, they want something more tangible than that. And so maybe, um, you know, maybe if they're able to retain Korea, that would go a ways toward uh, proving, you know, how sincere they are about having a good roster. I also yeah, think this. Of things, go, ahead, go ahead, Roy. A couple of things occurred to me. One, uh, to answer um, your question, Lavelle, uh, uh, literally, 100, mil- 100 million is 10% of the net worth of to a, billion- to a billionaire. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Um, so, I mean, it's not, you, you don't want to go through a lot of streaks where you're losing $100 million. And, and, uh, it, it, but, and then I will say that, now on the flip side of that, is that you put the, a better and better and better product on the field and you start winning consistently and you get to deepen the playoffs or you get to a World Series and you're going to make up an awful lot of that in um, a lot of that revenue that they say they're, you know, they say they're not getting. And I believe St. Pete, when he said as a percentage of what their revenue is, they uh, spend more, you know, more on payroll than most. I, you know, I, I believe that I, and I, I get it. And if you put a better product on the field, you're going to, you're going to make up some of that revenue, but what, and you're going to make up a little bit of revenue, because you can charge higher rates to whoever's going to broadcast your games on the radio and television, but not enough. Not like not like the big market teams where you know the Yankees don't have to. They don't even have to open their gates. They can make payroll with local TV and radio. Then they get they get all that other re- uh, revenue from opening the gates, either you know rev- ticket sales and and concessions and all that stuff. And then they get national money. So national money. So I mean. I, I think I, I would like to see the twins continue to be on a percentage basis, you know, higher relative to revenue, because I think they'll start making some gains in revenue if they will. But we just have to remember that it's never going to be it's it's never going to be a lot in that local local TV and radio deal. And the thing with the twins, too, is that they still bring in more revenue from ticket sales. Than they do with their TV package. That tells you what type of TV package they're. Well, there, there you go. I mean, that's insane in this day and age, and yeah. with the way ball clubs are are uh, are structured, that's insanity. If if just if Roy would just take a pay cut uh, from Bally Sports, then that, <laughs> I would clear. I mean, yeah, you know, you one know, shortstop <laughs> showing solidarity by taking a pay cut. I mean, I, I think Roy takes a pay cut, and and you can get Correa and Bogarts. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. Carlos Correa bought uh, the just the meals that he bought for young players this year cost more than what I make at Fox. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? I know that's a fact. I know you're not you're not being hyperbolic or modest. That is actually true. Uh, no doubt about <laughs> it. Oh man! Oh, you know what? This. Go ahead, Roy. No, no. I, I no. I'm just gonna say. I'm, I'm, I would not. Say, I would not make a claim like that, a statement like that, lightly. I, 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 I don't know that it's true, but I've got a pretty good feeling it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I believe you. 
Um, all right. Uh, we're going to save some topics down the road. Uh, we'll wrap it up here today. Let's do a final thought from everybody. It can be on Thanksgiving, the twins, or music. Sometimes we do music stuff. Uh, once again, thanks to Corona, the official import beer sponsor of the Minnesota Twins and the presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show here at TalkNorth.com. Thanks again to Brandon Morton, our producer. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. It's the easiest way to listen, and we do appreciate it. Uh, so I'll start. Uh, my, my wife and I, uh, my wife's a, a, a massive Hamilton fan, so she found out that uh, that Lin-Manuel Miranda, or as we know him, Jose Miranda's uncle, uh, was going to do have his freestyle love Supreme show playing in Vegas. And we have friends in Vegas. We decided to just take a quick, take a quick fun trip to Vegas, went to see it. It's one of the best things I've ever seen in any genre. It's astonishing how talented and quick witted and funny these people are, uh, two world-class singers in the troupe, two great musicians backing them up. Uh, we got to see him on a night when Lynn was actually there. Incredible. So I don't know if it's ever going to be any place you can see it, but if you ever get a chance to go see Freestyle Love Supreme, it's the it's the funniest, one of the best nights of, of entertainment I've ever experienced. Uh, so, Roy, anything you like to bring up? Music, Thanksgiving, twins, baseball, whatever. You know, I'm just going to wish everybody a really, really happy Thanksgiving. We, we've had... You know, we, we talked about how much, how little baseball we had for a couple of years. Thanks, you know, through the pandemic, Thanksgiving was, is one of the best holidays uh, that there is, all things considered. The, the purpose of it, uh, just the, uh, the ability to, uh, to uh, give thanks for the blessings that, uh, that we have and to share it with family and eat some really good food. And it's, it's a low pressure, high value uh, holiday that, uh, had got the short end of the deal the last the last few years and and uh, just want to wish everybody a, a wonderfully wonderfully happy Thanksgiving with uh, with your family as you uh, as we think about our, our you know our blessings and and we think about our families and, and we and we're able to spend time with them. Well, likewise, likewise. While we were taping this, my sister just walked in through the door. She just drove in from Chicago, Beautiful. and uh, she's here for the holiday. And she is going to cook, cook the turkey, uh, and Excellent. we're going to have a, have a nice meal and spend time together. I will also say that the um, uh, Joe Bonamassa concert was excellent at the Orpheum. Good. Um, he uh, he he cracked everybody up at the beginning because he said this is la- last time I was here was uh, Friday the thirteenth in March in twenty twenty. And he proceeded to rip Mayor Fry for how he handled the pandemic, which got him a standing ovation <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the arena. So, and then he sat down and proceeded to jam for uh, exactly two hours, including the encore. He was on and off for two hours. It was a great night, and uh, a guy recognized me lying at the bar and bought me a drink too. So I didn't even have to buy a drink. So I had I had a good time uh, at the Joe Bonamassa concert. Roy, I am shocked that La- that Lavelle's story included a Lavelle reference, <laughs> or or a, Lavelle, or a Lavelle beverage reference. Yeah, so uh, two two shocking developments here on the Chin Music Show. We'll have to uh, we'll have to memorialize them in some way because it just never happens. Uh, hey, great stuff, guys. Good talking to you. Enjoy your Thanksgivings. We'll uh, we'll get back together next week, and it's gonna be an interesting winter. Uh, that's just the way it is. This this front office, whatever. Uh, whatever they've been accused of, uh, they are aggressive. It, it, they're going to make something happen this winter, and we're going to be here to talk about it. It's going to be fun. So thanks to Brandon, thanks to Lavelle, thanks to Roy, and thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com.